It is Tuesday, February 15th, and this is People Every Day. Hey everyone, it's your host, Janine Rubenstein, and I hope you all enjoyed your Valentine's Day. Doug and I made that crab stuffed salmon I was talking about, you guys. So amazing. But that was yesterday, and we've got a whole boatload of things to get into today. So let's dig in. A settlement in principle has been reached in the sexual abuse lawsuit against Prince Andrew. In August, Virginia Giuffre filed the lawsuit against the British royal. Giuffre accused the Duke of York of sexually abusing her when she was 17 while she was traveling with financier Jeffrey Epstein. So Prince Andrew has sternly denied the allegations and has tried numerous times to have the case thrown out. Court documents stated, though, Prince Andrew intends to make a substantial donation to Miss Dufresne's charity in support of victims' rights, and continue to say Prince Andrew has never intended to malign Miss Dufresne's character, and he accepts that she has suffered both as an established victim of abuse and as a result of unfair public attacks. Wow. This is big news and seems like a big victory for Virginia Dufresne today. Moving on, Meghan McCain may have left The View months ago, but she's still no stranger to sparring with her former co-host, Joy Behar. And if I ever become a one-issue voter, it will be about pollution and the greenhouse effect. And, and Could the we fact focus that, on the president, yeah. please? I, I, just, I don't want to talk about Trump. We're honoring a great uh, president. Excuse me a second, passed. please. I, I want to talk about but the we're honoring, But I'm not interested in your one-issue voter. I don't care what you're interested in. I'm talking. Well, I don't care you what you're what? interested in We'll either. be right back. The two got into it yesterday after McCain sent a tweet wishing her husband a happy Valentine's Day. Another user responded asking, does every thought and sentiment need to be on Twitter? To which Behar tacked on, apparently. So Joy's response was deleted, but not before Megan sent out a screenshot of the commentary with the post, imagine spending your Valentine's Day trolling your ex-colleague's tweet about her husband. Ooh, knowing these two, there will be plenty more brewing. Now for this story about a couple sharing some love on social media. Simone Biles shared that she and Houston Texans safety Jonathan Owens are engaged. The 24-year-old gold medalist posted a series of photos featuring the proposal with the caption, The Easiest Yes. Biles and Owens have been dating since August 2020. Owens has been incredibly supportive of Biles, both in her competitions on the mat and in her mental health advocacy. And likewise, Simone has been a big cheerleader for her future husband and his NFL career, as well as an outspoken supporter of Jonathan's highly controversial hometown pizza. <laughs> Take a listen to what she said about that on Kimmel. There's a weird little personal connection mm -hmm. we have here. Oh, my wife's from St. Louis, and in St. Louis, <laughs> there's this pizza called Emo's Pizza. Now, I heard that you there. love this pizza. Yes. Now, I'm wondering why, because it's very, very bad pizza. No, it's not. First of all, Provella's the best. Provel is, yes, is the world's most disgusting cheese. No, it's not. I seriously, we could fight right now. You gotta love someone who stands by their man and their nasty pizza. <laughs> Congrats to the happy couple. I give them a perfect 10. All right, now it's time to talk Kanye West, or Ye, as he's also known. 
It's a lot. And we are going to just jump right into the deep end. It's clear that the rapper is doing just about any and everything in hopes of rekindling with ex-Kim Kardashian. Although the two have been separated for a year now, and she's expressed her desire to move on amicably as co-parents. And as we know, she's even moved on with someone else. But from stepping in on Valentine's Day to continuing his one-sided public campaign against her new boyfriend, Pete Davidson, his behavior is also raising concerns about the state of his mental health and also Kim and Pete's welfare. So joining me now to dig into the latest on these unfriendly exes is People's Platforms Director, Michelle Corston. Hey, Michelle, how was your Valentine's Day? Hi, Janine. It was great. Definitely less eventful than uh, Kim and Kanye's respective days. <laughs> yeah, right? Well, I mean, one person who seems to have spent the day alone, at least, is Kanye. Um, after two months, his Wow That Happened romance with actress Julia Fox has come to an end. But the Uncut Gems actress spilled the tea and said while she has love for Kanye, she was not in love with him and denies crying in an airport after their split. I need your hot take. What do you think? about their short-lived romance. I'm actually loving Julia now post-breakup. Like, while the relationship was happening, it was a little confusing. It seems a little opportunistic. You know, if I was dating someone who was publicly trying to get his estranged wife back, <laughs> I wouldn't quite have her confidence. But, like, she referred to herself on Instagram as a number one hustler, and Boom. that's a vibe that I can respect. Absolutely. She said, I came up, y'all. <laughs> and not only that, but Kanye and I are on good terms. But Kanye and his ex, Kim, they have been over since last year, right? And he's making it clear that he still has hope. So in true yay fashion, he pulled out all the stops for Kim by gifting her with a truckload of roses. Get this, the, the side of the truck read, my vision is crystal clear. Crystal with a K, clear with a K. So what do you think Kim's reaction was? Well, I think it was very smart of Kim and Pete to go to New York and stay away from L.A. on Valentine's Day. And I think, you know, we heard that Kim and Pete had at least a nice pre-V-Day dinner at Cipriani where they were seen with friends sharing a cute little kiss. So hopefully it didn't ruin the day for them. But honestly, I think we know what Kim's reaction is from the screenshots of text messages that Kanye posted on Instagram. She's kind of a little bit worried, a little bit scared. Mm -hmm. and I just feel like Kanye is going about this the completely wrong way. Like in his mind, these efforts are romantic and grandiose and going to win her back. She stuck by him through so much for so many years. And it really took a lot for her to pull the plug on this marriage. Like, yeah. I think what she's seeking is stability and consistency, and right now, a little fun fling with Pete Davidson. In some removed Instagram posts, he has been asking fans to confront Pete if they see him. And Kim is not happy and feels Kanye's antics might cause Pete harm. These are, you know, huge celebrities. They have millions of fans. But on Monday, um, Ye kind of reeled that back in. And he said, quote, upon my wife's request, please nobody do anything physical to skeet that kind of derogatory nickname he's given Pete. I'm going to handle the situation myself. I mean, if something were to happen to Pete, what legal ramifications could Kanye face? I just feel like, again, Kanye is kind of missing the point. Like, she's texting him these things because she wants him to stop 
encouraging people to do potentially dangerous things on social media. And even by him choosing to tell people not to do anything again on social media, again, releasing private text messages, like fans can get crazy. And we also saw Kanye posted a text from Pete directly where you know, it seems like Pete was sort of saying, I don't want to come between you and your family. I'm not trying to be a problem. I would love to meet your kids someday with your permission. Like, I feel bad for Pete. And in terms of legal implications, like, I'm not quite sure what would happen if Pete were, say, attacked, but I can reasonably assume that this type of behavior would affect a future custody battle. And so do we know anything or have we heard anything about his health right now? He's been open about bipolar disorder. Have we gotten anything concrete about what he may be going through right now? It's so sensitive knowing that he has these conditions that maybe this is like a manic episode. But Kanye has said, like, this isn't about that. This is about my real emotions, my family. All of this is valid. I don't want to speculate about his mental state, but that's kind of like the elephant in the room. Like even in 2020, you know, when lockdown began, she was in LA with the kids. He was off in Wyoming making music, not really around. Possibly running for president possibly running for president, which we know Kim did not like, but she still sort of, you know, silently, tacitly supported him. There was a lot that happened, and I don't know exactly what the final straw was, but I would say that Kim stood by him for a really, really long time and wants him to be happy and healthy. Um, It it should be noted that they have been co-parenting. We've seen both of them out with their children. That, for whatever reason, seems to be working out outside of that whole birthday party situation that happened. I mean, let's talk Kim and Pete, though, the couple that is kind of wading through all of this together. He's earning, you know, a lot of brownie points as her new boyfriend, right? They went out for Valentine's Day, as we said. And he even got Chloe flowers. When, you know, we first found out that they connected on that magic carpet during an SNL skit, like, I think it's easy to assume that because Pete has had quite a few high-profile relationships, some longer than others, and that she's in the middle of this very dramatic, messy divorce that it would be a fling or a rebound. But, like, honestly... Sending Chloe flowers, great move. No one deserves flowers more than that woman right now. She's been through it herself. Seeing that text from that he sent Kanye, actually, where it was, like, very respectful about the children made me think, like, oh, these are conversations. Well, there is so much here and more coming. He even took to Instagram today to issue an apology for some of his actions, writing in part, quote, I know sharing screenshots was jarring and came off as harassing Kim. I take accountability. I'm still learning in real time. I don't have all the answers. Well, yeah. There is more to come on all of this. So, Michelle, we will talk again. Thank you very much for coming on. Thanks, Janine. It's Tuesday, and you know what that means. Trivia. Here's our question for you today. This international supermodel has made a name for herself on the runway, on the silver screen, and in magazines, even once making history on the cover of French Vogue. But before that, she made her first public professional debut at the age of seven in Bob Marley's music video for the song Is It Love? She's actually been featured in numerous music videos. So who is it? Find out after the break.
Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. We are back and we have your Tuesday trivia answer. Did you guess it? After making her professional debut in the late, great Bob Marley's Is It Love video, the child prodigy, who would grow up to be a colossal star uh, with an unmistakable runway strut, is none other than Naomi Campbell. This week, you can find her on the March cover of British Vogue. The 51-year-old new mother announced the birth of her daughter in May and until now has kept quiet on her growing family. In the article, Campbell clarifies that she did not adopt her daughter, and she said, that I, quote, always knew that one day I would be a mother and that, quote, it's the biggest joy I could ever imagine. I'm lucky to have her and I know that. Well, wishing her and the baby girl nothing but the best. Now, we wanted to take some time to cover a story that is coming out of New York City. Christina Yuna Lee, a senior creative producer at Splice, a digital music platform, was found dead in her bathtub inside her Chinatown apartment after having been stabbed 40 times. The 35-year-old Asian-American was followed home into her apartment early in the morning on Sunday, February 13th, by suspect Asimad Nash, who her landlord, after watching the chilling surveillance video, said just slipped in right behind her into the building. Now, Christina's neighbors heard her cries for help and called 911. And when police arrived on the scene, they said they met a barricaded door and Christina was still screaming before all of a sudden everything got quiet. It's a horrific story that's gripping the nation right now and one that may be part of a bigger narrative surrounding crimes against Asians in this country. So to dig into the details is People staff writer KC Baker. Hey, KC. Hey, how are you? I'm good until I started reading this news. I mean, well, let's just start with what we know about the victim, about Christina Yuna Lee. Tell me a little bit about who she was. So Christina Yuna Lee was like so many New Yorkers, successful. She worked as a creative producer. And on Saturday night, she was out with her friends having fun and got home to this nightmare. She just really loved working in New York. And she left quite an impression on so many people. People who have worked with her have said she's sweet, nice, super cool. She majored in art history at Rutgers. And she just really loved living the New York life. Eyewitness accounts around this horrific crime just gave such a visual for everyone who's been tuning into this. So can you take us through the details of what the neighbors witnessed? So on Saturday night, Christina Yuna Lee is doing what so many New Yorkers do. She went out, she got dropped off, she went into her apartment. Now we know there's chilling surveillance footage showing that when she opened the door, to her apartment building, which didn't have a doorman. She opened the door and a man can be seen slipping in behind her quietly. 
She probably didn't even know he was there. And so as she climbed the six flights of stairs to her apartment, he followed her. And what is incredibly terrifying is that in one photo, it shows her walking down a very narrow hallway to her apartment, and he's maybe six feet behind her. At this point, she may have known he was there, but what was she going to do except get into her apartment? She opens her apartment, goes inside, and he pushes his way in, slams the door, barricades himself inside, grabs a kitchen knife. She begins to scream, help me, help me, call 911. Across the hall, there are two young women who are absolutely terrified. They hear her screams. They call 911. They lock the doors. The cops come. The suspect went out onto the fire escape, looks up. There are the cops on the roof looking to get him. He goes back inside, hides under a bed. The cops break in. They find him under a bed a knife hidden behind a dresser, and they find her on the floor in the bathroom, half naked from the waist up, stabbed 40 times, lying in a pool of her own blood. So they are saying, you know, at the moment that there is no evidence that this is a hate crime against the Asian American community. But that being said, and especially during this pandemic, we've seen there has been a significant rise in crime against this community. What are people saying as that trend relates to this case? The Asian community is very, very scared because In New York City, as we've seen in other cities, crimes against the Asian community have been rising significantly. Local residents, especially in the Chinatown area where this horrific slaying took place, are crying for the police to do something, for lawmakers to change bail laws, because apparently this suspect was arrested seven times in the past seven years, and he was out on supervised release when this happened. We need to protect everybody, but we also need to find out what's going on with these slangs that are targeting the Asian community. Yeah. I mean, I read this one note from a colleague of hers who said that they had had a discussion after the spa killings in Atlanta, where eight Asian Americans were brutally killed by gunfire. And Christina and her colleague just circled up and were a support system for one another. And now this crime happens to her. Authorities aren't saying that there's a direct link. It could just be a heinous crime that could have happened to anyone. But I mean, like you said, with the way these trends are going, you have to ask those questions. Well, finally, Casey, I want to ask where we are in the case right now. Um, are, Are we going to see justice for Christina? He has been arrested and charged with murder and burglary. And this time, from what I understand, they are not letting him out of jail. Her family and friends are are reeling from her death and are grieving the loss of a woman who had so much promise. Casey, thank you so much for taking the time to, to take us through this. 
Well, I think after that last story, we could all use a little pick-me-up, and I have the perfect thing for you. If you haven't seen the video of the four-year-old girl snowboarding in a dinosaur costume, I am telling you, you need to, like, right now. Well, you know, after you finish listening. (laughs) The viral video has been everywhere, and I've watched it a half dozen times today. It's just so sweet, you guys. Yakima, Washington native Robert Garlow posted the video to Instagram last week of his four four-year-old dino daughter, Auburn Sage, snowboarding down a mountain. Take a listen. It's absolutely something to make you smile. Get up, go in that secret path. Oh, yeah, sweaty dad. Someone's in our secret path. This way, you'll slip. I won't fall. Maybe I will. That's okay, because we all fall. There is just so much to love there. The that's okay, because we all fall apart. (laughs) I don't think Aubrey knows how wise she really is. And with that, uh, tomorrow we have an exclusive special feature episode for you that we've been working on for a while, and I'm incredibly excited to share it with you. Well, thank you all for listening to People Every Day.